Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational, educational, and entertaining podcast for auto detailers. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. My name is Marshall Hill. You can find me at Total Solutions on most platforms. Uh, but if you are on TikTok or if you are on the new Clubhouse, you can find me at Detail Supply App. If you need an invite, to the new clubhouse, shoot me a text, 918-800-1188. This is the Community Pub. Community Pub was designed to do exactly what we're doing here. Have an open talk, open discussion, open forum, while we enjoy some beer. So uh, I'm going to be drinking the Love Bug. Right, this is a passion fruit sour ale from Chandler Iron Chandler Island Brewing. So... I don't know. I'm typically not a sour fan, but uh, we got sent beers and this is just one of those that was in there. So I grabbed it and I have a sour as well. Oh, I have nice. uh, Victory Brewing. That's a local brewery to us. And I have Tart Monkey here. It's a sour ale because that's about all I can tolerate. <laughs> okay, so that's your go to. Your dad is wine and your sour ales. I like it. <laughs> I like well, it. I'm, uh, I'm so, embarrassed to say what I brought out here tonight, the Corona Premier, because you know I gotta watch that carbon take at my age, you know. <laughs> so my favorite little hole in the wall um, bar here uh, that they have Corona Premier on tap, and that's my. I always grab it every time I go. Yeah, it's a good beer, actually. It's, it's a good beer. beer. It's really good. Yeah, it's got good flavor. Chris, uh, sour ales are always your go-to. Oh yeah, I, this is maybe um, the second beer that I've drinking this entire year. Maybe all of last year too. <laughs> oh, so not a beer so, drinker. Look out because this is gonna put me on my ass. <laughs> do you normally, do you drink wine? What do you drink? Uh, I, I really don't drink that often. I have wine when I go over to my parents' house because they've got the good stuff. <laughs> but no, I mean, I'll, I'll drink socially, but Typically, I don't have beers in the house, but I'm actually really happy I have this because I really love these beers. They taste so good. Uh, but you said Victory's a local. Where are you from? Yeah, this is out of Downingtown, PA. So we're kind of in Westchester, PA, which is right next to Downingtown. It's actually a surprisingly widespread beer out in Chicago. That's where my whole extended family lives. And my cousin and I went out to a bar and they had Victory on tap all the way out in Chicago. So it's surprisingly popular. Yeah. Oh. Sounds great. Yeah, what do you golden, like about golden it? Golden Monkey is a high alcohol content one. That <laughs> yeah. one will put you out, man. Yeah, that's like 10%. <laughs> <laughs> what do you what do you like about that beer flavor-wise? Um, well, it's really fruity, and that's like my ideal beer <laughs> because I'm a pansy when it comes to beer. <laughs> so this has uh notes of guava in it. Um mm. the hops are tetaning. Uh, if that means anything to you. And that's all I know about it. And it tastes really good. Right. <laughs> good. Yeah, normally I don't do sour ales because I just don't like that puckery. Like I, I just never been into like Sour Patch Kids or oh, anything. Oh, see, I, I love just, it. It's like drinking yeah. candy. Yeah. Michael, <laughs> what are you drinking tonight? Okay. The premiere, right? But yeah, normally that's the premiere, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wine is usually the go-to for me, but I mean, I'm not a big alcohol drinker either. So we just have it on occasions and, you know, dinner when the kids are coming <laughs> okay, over. He says he's that. not a big wine drinker. Anytime I come over, he's like, let's go grab a bottle of wine. <laughs> That's an excuse for me, right? I love having the kids over. I mean, I got growing adult children when they show up. That's a holiday to me. <laughs> All right, so we wanted to kind of dive a little bit further into your guys' story, let you guys uh, explain a little bit more about your, your app and what, and what you do. So I kind of want to give you the floor for, for a little bit and just, um, you know, give us kind of a little bit of the background story. I know you said it uh, before, but give us, you know, a little, little repeat, uh, quick uh, repeat. But then, you know, really want to dive into, you know, what separates, you know, what's the main benefits and that type of stuff. So, you know, give us your story real quick, Michael, and would love to hear how, you know, it would, sure. it's, it's always been involved. You know, was there a time where then you brought the kids in or, you know, what was the early startup for you? Oh, man, for me, it goes back to the late 80s, actually. Um, I'm a healthcare guy. 
Um, so I was working for DuPont Pharmaceuticals at the time. I was a brand new rep. They moved me from Chicago to Los Angeles. Um, you know, and the main drug at that point in time was a drug called Coumadin. Um, it's an anticoagulant, still very popular today. Um, and I had a problem of, you know, kind of doing too good of a job with the cardiologists in the, in the area. And they started using a lot more Coumadin on their patients and it became its own problem because it's a difficult drug to manage. So I happen to have a brother who's a programmer. So I talked to the product manager back in Wilmington, Delaware and talked him into letting me take a stab at, you know, automating the process of care around this 30 year old drug at that point in time. He gave me 500 bucks. <laughs> So I called my brother, Tom, who was getting his master's degree in, uh, you know, coding from the University of Arizona. And I'm like, hey, Tom, I need you to build me a program. I only can pay you $500. <laughs> so we ended up doing it, you know, at nights and on the weekends. It wasn't my job. I was a sales rep. Um, but it was, it was something that, you know, it was one of those ideas that hit the center of the bullseye. Um, it ended up fundamentally changing this area of medicine in America. Um, it started an entire cottage industry called Coumadin Clinics or anticoagulation clinics. They still exist today. Um, they took the drug from 200 million to 600 million in annual sales. So, I mean, it was a complete game changer, you know? So I was kind of way ahead of my time um, when, it, when it came to trying to automate and, and use a business system to solve a business challenge. You know, because my whole goal was I just wanted everybody that could medically benefit from, from the drug to be able to get it. And doctors were reluctant to, to prescribe it because it was a dangerous drug if it wasn't managed tightly. So I kind of took that burden off it and systematized it. Um, so, I mean, that was, that was kind of my first entry into it. And, you know, that was a long time ago, you know I mean? Shoot, we built the first, the first version of Kumacare. That's what it ultimately got branded as. Um, on a uh, five and a quarter inch floppy disk, <laughs> right? I mean, so this goes like way back, right? Um, and now, of course, it's a super sophisticated thing. Um, so that was that was how I kind of got started into this. I'm not a, an IT guy. I'm more of a business strategist. Um, you know, I, I retired from the last company that I was running um, for the last 10 years. I was running a company called Pentec Health. And, uh, you know, a group of us took that over, private equity bought it. They put a couple guys in that destroyed the company in two years. It was like a 25-year-old company that was run by a, a, a farm D coming out of uh, um, University of Pennsylvania. And he sold it because he was in his mid-60s then, or upper 60s. And, you know, he sold it to private equity. They brought a couple guys in to run it, and they killed this company. Well, in two years, they killed this company because they had their own agenda to pump and dump. Um, so the board got rid of them and recruited a buddy of mine from Cardinal Health. He talked me into leaving AstraZeneca. And I had just got done launching a billion dollar drug in the United States called Simbacort. So, you know, I'm going, I go to my bosses, you know, at AstraZeneca and say, hey, you know, I think I'm gonna quit. <laughs> like, are you freaking insane? You know, and, and, you know, take over this failing home infusion business in Pennsylvania. Um, but we ended up turning it around. Uh, I think I was the 34th employee. When I retired, we had over 900 employees. Um, we're the largest provider in America in two areas of, of medicine. So I, I just like to figure, you know, complex things out and build nice systems around it. I'm not the IT guy. I just help design and, you know, kind of um, think about what needs to happen. Um, so when I retired, your able wasn't even an idea. That really came from the kids. So, Chris, I'll let you kind of talk about the next part. Yeah. So, obviously, you know, my dad grew that last company to be, like he said, about 900 employees. I, I think I was the 900th <laughs> employee. <laughs> so, I was, I was bookending dad at that company. <laughs> I was starting at the bottom. Um, but I was working in sales there um, right out of college. And the part of the company that I was working in, was brand spanking new. We had nothing to manage our sales system there, um, which was driving me insane. So I wanted to create a system that could help manage my team there. So at the time, and, and this is kind of a, a funny part of the story where 
we have a, an exact parallel storyline between my dad and his brother and now me and my brother. Um, so I reached out to my brother who I knew was getting into programming. And I was like, hey, Kyle, I have this idea for a system for my sales team here. Can you help me build it? So he and I got together on nights and weekends. It was just kind of a fun thing to do. We weren't being paid for it. Um, and we built this, this system to manage our sales team at Pentec. Um, and that ended up being such a fun project for us to work on. Um, and we really enjoyed working together, which I, I don't think a lot of families can say. Um, but we really enjoyed working together that, you know, we kind of looked at each other and we were like, maybe we can actually do this as our career together. Um, so we ended up quitting our jobs and starting up the company, pulled dear old dad out of retirement. Thanks, dad. <laughs> and we started the company and that was what, March of 2018? Is that when that was? Yeah, yeah I retired October of 17. Yeah, so we're coming up on our, we actually, I think, just hit our three-year anniversary. Oh, my God. Cheers to that. That's cool. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'll drink to that. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, it was so funny. So, you know, these guys called the family meeting, right? <laughs> like any of you, you do, right? You call the family meeting. And they both had their jobs at that point in time, right? And I think, so now I'm a retired guy. I'm not making a nickel anymore. <laughs> and, you know, they're like, hey, we got this idea. And, you know, I know a lot of people in venture capital and private equity from you know, running that company for so long. Um, so I knew I could go out and, like, raise money and, you know, really do it up like that. But, you know, I, I looked at Vicky, my wife, and we're like, you know what, let's... <laughs> We're investing all this retirement money, like in the stock market and different companies. Like, why don't we invest it in the kids? You know, let's just go with this idea. They've got this really nice skill set together. Um, let's just go all in as a family and create a family business. So that is what we did. I took some retirement money out of my investments and put it into the into this. Um, it's it's weird how we landed on detailing though, because. Like the kids, they were thinking we just naturally gravitate into healthcare because that's what I know. And I got a lot of connections. And there was people asking us to build them a CRM for, to help run their medical business. And, you know, but I was so burned out on healthcare at that point in time. You know, it was like, oh man, I need a break. And you can tell behind me here, I'm, I'm a car nut, you know. So I've been into cars and ceramic coatings for decades, you know. So, I thought, oh my God, you know, why don't we build a system to help the detailing industry? Because all of my interactions with these high-end detail shops, I got phenomenal service. I love all these guys. Um, but like the experience as a consumer going into it was terrible. It's like I'm dropping a couple of thousand bucks on a car. You're going to handwrite me. And just, <laughs> you know, like this should, it should feel different as a consumer, right? It didn't, it, it was like a professional service, but it wasn't a professional experience. So I thought, oh my God, you know, with everything I've learned, I just got done implementing uh, Microsoft Dynamic AX, which is this multi-million dollar ERP system at Pentec, super complicated. But, you know, I thought, oh my God, we could take little bits and pieces like the concepts of, of an ERP system and custom build something for this industry. You know, so that is what we did. So I told the kids, I know they thought, well, we'll go into, you know, healthcare. And I told the kids, let's go to detailing. <laughs> so Chris, when you heard that, what, what do you do? You like, <laughs> Honestly, I was just so thrilled to be working with my family. Like it, it sounds cliche, but I freaking love my family. And so working with them is a dream come true. So anything that we could just throw ourselves into, I was down for it. And, and through this, I've become quite the car geek myself. I think every single advertisement on my social media is now just nothing but cars. And I'm okay with it. I, I think I, I think I enjoy this now. All right, cool. So, um, you know, what separates, you know, and it's not so much about, you know, competitors, but just more about yourself, you know, what separates your business, uh, and makes you so unique? Well, I think a big thing that we've been trying to cultivate from the beginning is really building a community around this. Hey, um, community. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's all kinds of programs out there, um, but we really wanted to bring people together because our sort of philosophy when it comes to building this app is really just listening, strategizing, and implementing. 
So a big piece of that, the first piece of that is listening. We want to have a really good relationship with all of our users because they're the ones that are using this. They're the ones that have the ideas. They know what would make their lives easier on a day-to-day -day basis. And they know what kinds of features would be really cool to have in an app. So we are constantly tuned in to our users and because of that, um, it's like honestly an inside joke with our entire user base. We are updating the app constantly um, because we're always having conversations with them um, literally on a daily basis and getting new ideas. And if there's something that we can implement for them, then we want to do that. Um, so I think we've really um, garnered the reputation for a company that will listen and implement those things in a very timely fashion. Um, and that makes people feel like they're really part of something. And, and that's good because that was our goal. And it's the same thing I did when I originally designed Kumacare. You know, I went to cardiologists, you know, and, and internal medicine docs. And I said, you know, what, what concerns do you have? And I, I just started thinking about, well, different ways that we could take some of the burden off of them um, so that, you know, they could freely uh, prescribe this drug to people that could medically benefit from it. Because uh, I lost my grandma, actually, to what's uh, called a multifocal stroke. Um, because of atrial fibrillation. And that was in 1986. I started with the company in 1988. And here's this drug that actually prevents these strokes from, from happening in patients with AFib. So it was really, it was a, a, there was a personal element to this to me too. I thought nobody anticoagulated my grandma and she ended up dying a little bit at a time having these little strokes that kept hitting different areas of her brain. You know, it, it's like it didn't need to happen. But I understand the reluctance to prescribe the drug, too, at that point in time. Now there's no reason not to, you know, because I cocoon that risk um, building the system around it. Um, so I think this whole idea of, you know, listening, strategizing, executing, that, that's just something I've done through, you know, a 30-year career. Um, I'm not going to say I can cook up the greatest ideas just sitting in my room. No, man, the greatest ideas are customer-driven concepts. You know, it's up to us to figure out how to implement them. And, and, and I'd say another thing about us in particular, and this is just 30 years of experience doing this kind of thing, you can't get sucked into the techie trap, meaning we can do lots of things in your able that we purposefully choose not to do, <laughs> you know, um, just because something can be automated doesn't mean it ought to be. <laughs> it doesn't mean you should just because you can. So we are super careful about the strategy behind what we're trying to accomplish uh, because we're really trying to help all our users grow. Um, and we see it. I mean, in our pro group, it's a who's who of the detailing industry. And those guys are freaking killing it. And gals are killing it. Their businesses are absolutely exploding and it's, you know, you're able as a part of that. They've got great, you know, marketing that they do as well. Um, so, you know, we can't say that we're the driving force behind it, but we are a significant component that enables it to happen and enables growth to occur without, you know, overwhelming the, the current system that's in place. You know, if you're writing stuff down on a paper calendar, you know, that's not a scalable thing. You know, you have to have something that can really take a punch. Um, and that's what we end up doing with, with your able. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Uh, Nick um, wanted to kind of open up. See, I guess no, uh, no cooking with Nick got, tonight, huh? I got kicked out again, man. My, uh, my mama said she's making fish. So it looks like she got the, the range of the kitchen tonight. I'm back in the bonus room. All right. Maybe next week. Maybe next week. What are you drinking? PBR. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I like it. That's Tom, a uh, <laughs> is Tom listening or is he still doing wheels? Hey. What's going on, boys and girls? Well, you know. hey. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yep. Can you hear me or no? Yeah. Yep. Oh, okay, good. What's going on, guys? How's that Canadian air treating you? It's getting better. Good. It's getting better, yeah. We uh, we just started opening up our bars and that on Monday, so now we got you know in-house dining, so that that's good. We uh, took advantage of it on Monday night. Uh, still limited to like 10, 10 person capacity in the bars, but it's still better than than yeah ten people. Doesn't matter how big your bar is, 
you could be able to hold 100 people, you're still only limited to 10. Damn. But I mean, yeah, it's, it's getting better though. I'm, 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 I'm happy to say that. Yeah, the, well, the Johnson and Johnson one just came out, right? So that, and my wife's a, a teacher. Um, so they're finally going to be able to get uh, vaccinated. And they've been in school the entire time. Yeah. Um, so, th so they're a, a private school outside of Philadelphia, all girls school. Um, so they've been, they've been managing it, you know. It's Who unbelievable. Got, did somebody say they got theirs? I got mine. Yep. Which one did you go with? Uh, I didn't have a choice. We got the uh, Moderna. We had a, a Walmart uh, probably 60 miles south of us in a small podunk town called Tullahoma, Tennessee. And uh, my family's, my grandparents are from a town like 20 minutes down the road. So Tullahoma's their neck of the woods. And uh, that's a, uh, my aunt was down there visiting them there and uh, she found out that that Walmart was giving out the vaccines to qualified people, AKA people that were medical workers. So she just signed everybody up and said, we take care of the grandparents, which we do. We go down there, I don't know, every other weekend or so and help them out. Of course, they've already been vaccinated, but we got there, you know, got to Walmart, set up the appointment and they're just like, do you meet the criteria? And we're like, yeah. yeah. Okay. Here's your shot. Oh man. Wow. It's so tight. <laughs> so, I mean, it's insane up here outside of Philly. Yeah, I don't think I'm ever going to get it, to be honest. Because I, I actually said that I'll get it. <laughs> well, I, I actually had corona. Like I got it. <laughs> so I feel like I'm just like the back of the line. <laughs> They're never gonna give me this. Oh shot. nice. <laughs> I had to get it, man. I haven't had it and or I would be considered an at-risk person due to my previous health history, but I got that. And yeah. any well, side effects? As soon as, as soon as I can. Uh, so far, Marty, no. Um, I had a little bit of a reaction to the first one. Um, not, not an allergic reaction or anything. I, I just got a, a, a light fever for about eight hours um, on the day after wasn't that bad it was on like a 100 degree fever felt pretty tired but that's it still waiting on my second dose i'm about two weeks away from that that one will probably kick my butt but i should be okay um they say you can't get rona from the vaccine um or at least from the mrna vaccines um because they're not old dead viruses they're just a very tiny fragment of the dna um so that's good but you might feel like poop for a day. That's very cool tech. Uh, it, it still amazes me that you know, my colleagues were able to kind of crank this out, knowing what it takes to actually take a drug from bench to, you know, humans. It's, it's an insane process. It um, is. So super impressive that they, they were able to do this. But it's really, it's that, it's that new RNA, RNA um, tech and the ability to kind of, you know, like make your own virus per se. Yeah, Make it it's do what dangerous you what you could do with it, but it's also amazing how much it can help. That's pretty cool. Well, so the the, the business that I was running, I, I nobody wanted to figure out this area of medicine at scale, so you know I did. Um, it's it's called um, you know targeted drug delivery. Um, so we okay. were dealing with patients that had failed traditional therapy to treat either severe pain or severe spasticity, um, a movement disorder. Um, so a lot of vets with blowing off legs, but they had phantom knee pain, right? They feel like, you know, there's ice picks in their knee, but they don't have a knee. So how do you treat that? You treat that in the spine. Um, so these are patients that had a fully implanted drug delivery system, um, with a little pump. It's no external catheters, nothing, nothing. You wouldn't know anybody has it. Fully implanted where a little catheter tunnels around their back is threaded into their spine and delivers micro doses of super concentrated medicine directly into the intrathecal space. Um, so that's contiguous nice. with your, your spinal cord. So you've got like epidural here, intrathecals here, and that is your cerebral spinal fluid in contact with the cord. Um, so we actually um, compound the drugs and, uh, you know, we 
both our own training institute trained a bunch of nurses to be able to do this and go to the patient's homes to refill and reprogram these fully implanted drug delivery systems give these people back a quality of life um, that's a complicated uh, <laughs> that's a complicated thing to sort out uh, nobody wanted to do it and I looked at that and I thought well nobody's doing it hell that looks like a good business idea to me you just got to figure it out <laughs> so I did most dev. Most dev. hey yeah. Tom what are you working on I'm coating a set of 24-inch uh, uh, chromies for a truck for a client. Ooh, 24 is big boys. Yeah, these things, they fucking weigh a ton. They're not bad. They're, they're actually not that gaudy looking. Yeah, I was they're just not the that size gaudy. of that thing. Yeah. <laughs> I like those. Those are cool. They're, they're not that bad. They, they look like they belong in like an escalator or something, but yeah. I think on a Sierra. Oh. Hey, well, Marty, there's another fun thing that we got going on. This is actually one of Chris's ideas. Um, I, I just announced it on the Eurabus page uh, that cool. we're going to kick off our 2021 tour. Uh, Chris, you want to talk about uh, the Your Story episode? Oh, I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about right now. Um, yeah, so Your Story, it's kind of a play on Eurabus. So it's like, you are story. And it's basically, um, you know, highlighting our users. And um, we've been going on these tours, although that's been a little bit put on hold with uh, COVID and everything. Um, hopefully, uh, our next trip is planned for the end of April, and we're heading out to Texas um, to hit a bunch of shops out there. But basically, um, when we go out to these places, we film little commercials for them um, that they can use in their marketing material. Um, and it's just a really awesome bonding experience because, you know, I'm always talking to people like this over Zoom, um, but there's something about actually seeing people in person, like, especially with the events um, with like Mobile Tech RX or even SEMA. Um, it's so special to actually like see people and you're like, oh my God, like I've talked to you 20 times. Like, this is so awesome. I feel like I'm meeting a celebrity. Um, so we go out and we do these tours um, to visit lots of our customers and Again, this is coming back to the community that we're trying to build with this. Community. <laughs> community. <laughs> I'm just looking for an excuse to have us all drink. Nope. <laughs> it's our drinking game. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yes, we're, we're, we're trying to build a community. I'm sorry. I didn't hey. <laughs> um, and, you know, a big piece of that is getting at the human aspect of business, which I think is just such a special thing. You know, there's all, all kinds of training seminars that talk about, um, you know, different techniques for actually performing these services, as well as, you know, you know, making your business run better. Um, but just getting at, you know, how did you get started? Um, what's your story? Because everybody has a story. Um, and we love um, kind of giving our users a platform to be able to share theirs. And we've heard some awesome stories. <laughs> I, I think almost every single shoot, all of us end up crying. <laughs> <laughs> because it's just, you know, it's, it's emotional. Like it's really cool to get to um, connect with our users on that level. So your story has been a really special project. Um, I think to all of us and I can't wait for our next trip. Yeah. And especially in Texas, you know, there's a great state of Oklahoma <laughs> right above it, right above it, just to the North. We're coming oh, through, man. I'm bringing the R8. All right. All right. I like it. I, I, well, I was going to say, I might just hop down the, I might just hop down the highway and just go meet you guys out somewhere. There's yes, a lot of great places do. in Fort Worth, Dallas. There's, there's a lot of fun places. Hey, and it's wide open now. They're, they're 100% open oh, yeah. as of what yesterday. Yeah. Uh, Drew, Drew uh, is from Oklahoma. Drew, I mean, it's, it's, has it ever really closed here? There was a brief moment, but I mean, it's, would, it's no, wide open. I mean, not, yeah, not, um, not in Tulsa really. Yeah. I don't, I don't think so. Maybe, maybe for mm. a few weeks, but that's about it. Yeah. It's definitely different. Like you said, I mean, uh, what Tom said, there's only 10 people allowed. I mean, it's definitely different when you go out. I mean, there's petitions up and, you know, they got everybody separated. I mean, it's, and there's a, a real weird, you know, vibe on some, you know, some restaurants or like downtown areas, but you know, Hey, we we're open. No doubt. Mm -hmm. Not us. Yeah. <laughs> no. well, but I know, it's yeah. changing, you know, I mean, but you know, we're just outside of Philadelphia. So it's dense, you know? Yeah. What, what are you saying? It's not dense here. 
These no, I mean, people just don't really want to live here, do they? There's a lot of people here. <laughs> there's not much people here. So it's, 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 it's clamped down, you know. Yeah. No, but the your story well, thing is fun. We we shipped the car out to uh, Portland last year, Portland, Oregon. Um, and then we shot a bunch of, you know, episodes up in the Pacific Northwest and then uh, finished up with uh, Bill the Buff Man um, outside of uh, Spokane. And then Chris and I road tripped the R8 all the way back to Philly. Oh, wow. That that's, a that, that's a trip. That's a trip. Got a ticket in Montana. <laughs> that I successfully talked us out of. You're welcome. <laughs> God, she was with me. If it was just me, you know how it is. If it was the dude, oh, man, I'd still be in jail. <laughs> how fast were you going? He finally pulled the trigger when I slowed down to 111. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it doesn't feel that way. We were in the middle of nowhere in Montana. It's just a straight road, like going through the mountains. And I mean, I felt like setting the cruise at like 150 and just, you know, making some ground up, you know? I mean, that thing is just cruising along. <laughs> Um, Man, that's how I am in the mountains around like Chattanooga, Tennessee, or Knoxville, Tennessee. Up there, like, especially in my mini, like, you, you just said it, like, nobody on the road, everybody's struggling on the mountains, and I, I don't know, if you guys have ever been around Chattanooga somehow, there's this mountain called Mont Eagle, and it's a massive incline that's like a mile or two long, and it's, I mean, trucks can barely pass it, but oh my god, I love it. And everybody's just in the far right lane. It's like a three or four lane each way. And everybody's in like the far right two lanes going, I don't know, 10, 15 under. I'm just like, what are, what are y'all doing? Like, okay, the trucks, okay, I get it. But the people in the minivans and the Jeeps and everything else that are going like 20 under, and I'm just like, bye. <laughs> set crews at whatever and just go yeah. man man there's <laughs> nothing like that funny. he was driving like i don't know like a pickup truck of some sort <laughs> oh man he, like, he thanked me for slowing down because he said yeah you didn't i couldn't have caught you if you didn't want me. <laughs> so i really appreciate you, down and pulling you know over. why i pulled you over because i let you <laughs> yeah. was, thank god chris was there she sweet talked him <laughs> Listen, you just have to, you have to share your story. Okay. Ding, 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 bringing it right back to the year story. But I just told him, I said, Hey, this is my dad. We're driving cross country. And he was like, Oh, that's so cool. Like slow down. <laughs> and then we were on our way. <laughs> that's sweet. It also that's helps cool. to be a 20 something year old girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, use what you got, right? exactly use what your dad made you right <laughs> yeah i think they used to say that about what your mama gave you but you know since it's your dad thank you go what's going on man how's uh how's the week been hey everyone hey, uh everything's up, good just enjoying this uh el dorado beer and just enjoying this chat with you guys yeah Oh, how do you like the beer? It's good. It's um, a pretty IPA. Same as last week? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's Enjoy what I was thinking. <laughs> I'm still enjoying good. it. Yeah, you had a lot of great questions last week. Um, you know, any any thoughts that, that pop out to you? Anything you would like to ask, you know, about uh, about the Urable app? Not yet. I'm 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 just uh, doing my research on their uh, website. I'm just checking on prices and features. Not yet. <laughs> well, not to give a plug to myself, but I do offer one-on-one -on -one tours. <laughs> so if you want to reach out and set up a video call with me, um, then I can totally take you through a tour so you can check it out. How do they reach out? Okay, so this is actually another thing that kind of has to do with. Um, something that people particularly like about us, we make ourselves overly accessible <laughs> because in our opinion, there is nothing more annoying than a software company that you can't get a hold of because you're like, what the hell? I have a question, like I need help. And so we have a live chat on our website directly in your itself. 
Um, obviously, you can reach us at, you know, on Facebook, either at our business page or any of our individual pages. Um, I go as far as since I deal with a lot of the customer side of things, um, my phone number is out there. So I have people just straight up give me a call or shoot me a text. Um, but that's how I want it to be. You know, our customers feel comfortable enough to um, reach us directly and shoot us a text. I have some customers that'll just like spontaneously FaceTime me and ask a question. Um, and that's totally cool. That's what we're here for. And we want to make sure that, you know, everybody feels comfortable using it. And if you have any questions, you can get an answer right away. Cool. Yeah, I mean, this is our family business, right? You can really make the business what you want it to be and bring your family values into it. And connectivity is a big one. Um, so you don't get a phone tree, you, you, you get one of us when <laughs> you reach out. Yeah. That's awesome. Drew, uh, Drew's a mobile detailer. Drew, uh, are, are you, what, do you use software? What, uh, what do you do for uh, your customers? Yeah, so I, when I saw that you were able was going to be on tonight, I really wanted to hop on. I hope I'm not too loud. I'm eating some dinner right now, so my, okay. my background music might be a little loud. But, oh, that's great. Um, so for the past year, I've been using Square, and I've been torn between switching to your Able or sticking with Square um, because there's, there's things that I love about Square that I really don't, that I really don't want to get rid of. Um, but I also know there's things with your able that I'm missing out on. Um, so that's kind of the questions I had is. Yeah, Drew, hold on. What, smart are, to, what are some of those things? Because I bet you there's people that will listen or, you know, are, are watching right. on Facebook. You know, what are some of those things that you like? And then what are, you know, what are some of the things that you like about your able? Right. Um, I guess starting out, I hate, I hate being this way, but it's um, square is pretty much free unless you pay for the marketing aspect, um, which leads me to that. I, I love the marketing aspect that Square has, um, being able to reach your customers via email. And I know they just came out with like a, with a text message marketing as well. Um, I haven't really messed with that yet. Um, and I know, I know your Able has the, the text reminders and there's, there's things that are very similar between the two. Um, I'm trying to think other than the marketing. Let me think. I had a whole list written down um, and I didn't bring it with me. I, I, I should have brought it. Well, just hey, to take a, uh, sorry, go sorry, go oh, go well, I was going to say just to take a general stab at it. Um, obviously, we do have a lot of people that transition over from Square and we totally get switching to a new system can be a hurdle. Um, it's a lot to right. get used to and especially a system like you're able. We have a lot of features, um, but the benefit of that is now you're transitioning to a system that's specifically for the industry, um, which comes along with a lot of things that obviously Square is not going to offer. Now, that being right. said, we are integrated with Square. So when it comes to payment processing, if you've been using Square for payment processing, which I'm assuming you have been, um, then you can continue doing that directly through your ABLE. Um, so okay, so sure that was... Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. That was my next question. Um, can I go ahead and keep... Because I know, I know there's integrations with Stripe, I guess, and then there's, you can also integrate with Square. Um, so I've considered keeping Square, um, keeping, keeping the payment processing and everything, um, actually keeping the marketing aspect as well, um, and then switching over to your Able for appointments and everything like that. And that's honestly what most people do. Um, that's why we okay. have that integration. So many people in this industry are already using Square. Um, so that was kind of a no-brainer for us. And, you know, you can run those payments right through your Able. And something that, <laughs> it sounds weird to say that I like about your Able, I like everything. But one thing in particular that has to do with the payment processing side of things is with lots of other systems, um, like Square being one of them, QuickBooks being another, anytime they're sending something out to the customer, um, it's very much uh, branded for them uh, because it's their platform. That's like the stuff that they're sending out. And a big goal of ours is to make sure that everything that's hitting your customers is branded for you. Your customers don't give a shit about us. They don't know who we are. You are the, are the business that they care about. So we want to make sure that anything that's sent out from your able, even if it's a payment request, run through. Oh my God, I thought somebody was farting. Even if it's something like a payment request that's technically running through Square, but being sent out by your able, it's branded for your business. So it kind of comes back to the whole, we want to enhance 
the business's image. We want it to live up to the professionalism of the services that you're providing. Um, so then the customer experience all around that is the same. Um, so the branding aspect is definitely a big one. And, and the marketing is fundamentally different. They really dovetail well. Um, like this is one of those things where strategically, um, yeah, I've decided to not go there with your able. We do not do traditional mass marketing through your able. And that isn't because we can't, it's because I'm choosing not to. Um, we go about it in a different way. Like we sent out 80,000 messages to customers in just January alone on behalf of our users. But every one of those 80,000 messages was specifically targeted to the customer, specifically relevant to a service that they've already bought and relevant to products that can help you know, support whatever they did, whether it's a do-it-yourself um, you know, um, coding enhancer that they, they use to maintain their codings through the winter. All of, all of the messaging is 100% on point. This whole carpet bombing kind of thing, as a consumer, I hate that kind of marketing. If you text me with that stuff, you're going to get blocked. Um, you know, I hate that as a consumer. So I've elected to not go there on the platform. Instead, we make it very easy for you to take your customers out of your ABLE and plug it into a system that is for that. MailChimp or SendGrid or Constant Contact, whatever you want to use, we don't care because we want to preserve the, in, sorry, the, the integrity of, of your ABLE as a sending platform. I just want to extend this idea. So yes, all of our current uh, marketing in your ABLE is what's called transactional, meaning something needs to happen in order for that to be triggered. Whether that's you know them scheduling a service or for that service being completed or them booking online, whatever it's gonna be. Um, so that's what's called like a transactional thing. We do understand, although we are hesitant, um, the benefits of uh, a mass marketing to a certain extent. Um, obviously, you don't want to get into a realm where you're just absolutely, like you said, carpet bombing all of your customers, because then you're going to start being blocked. Um, and nobody wants that. That goes against everything that we want. But we do, we, we're technically already integrated with SendGrid. That's what we use to send out all of these mm -hmm. transactional emails. Um, so we are actually looking into uh, bringing that to like the customer pace, customer interface. Um, so then we can allow for mass marketing um, probably within certain parameters, because we always want to make sure that, you know, our customers aren't getting blocked by their customers. So we want to try to set some limitations on that, um, just as sort of like guardrails to make sure that, you know, nobody's going to send out 60 emails in a day, um, you know, to all of their users or to all of their customers, um, because then, you know, you're just going to get blocked. Um, but that is something that we are definitely conscious of and something that we're looking into, including. Yeah, we keep getting asked to do it. I've been the holdout. I've been the reluctant one. I, I personally like it the way we have it. These are all automated. Um, so you don't need to lift a finger. Um, and, and the system will be communicating with your customers for years about some service that you did. Um, you never lose track of anyone again. Um, and you know, that's stuff that should be automated because it's very difficult to do if you don't. Like I love, you know, there's a, a group out in Facebook and there's every day somebody's asking about one, some system or something and everybody, there's always going to be somebody that holds up like a planner. I run my business with my planner. You know, they got a little, <laughs> a little handwritten thing. I'm like, that is the most expensive way to run a company. <laughs> I'm glad you, that thing cost you 10 bucks at Walmart. But you know what you're losing because that's what you're choosing to do. You know, it's stuff like that. It's like, oh. That, that's the most expensive way to, to run a company. <laughs> well, again, one of our big goals is just freeing up people's time because that's a, yeah. like any kind of customer retention that you're going to do following up with customers. Most of our users prior to using your able, they would say that they would just manually follow up. They would like make a note in their calendar, like three months after the person came in to follow up with them, you know, talking about this. Um, and now we've automated that process. So that alleviates so much work from especially our owner operators. Because if you're an owner operator or, or a small business of any kind, you're typically wearing all the hats. You're doing all of the things. So anything that we can automate on our end, that's a win for us because we're just trying to free up as much time as possible for you guys. Okay. <laughs> and that's my pitch. <laughs> So I got uh, three questions for you guys. Uh, 
about the integrations with the QuickBooks. Uh, how do you, I already have QuickBooks. Uh, how will be the process with you guys? Will be I able to cancel my QuickBooks subscription and, and just keep it with you guys? So we're not necessarily taking over QuickBooks. That's why we have the integration with QuickBooks. Um, eventually, super long-term goal is to uh, disconnect with QuickBooks and handle all of that stuff. Um, but that's way off in the future. Um, and right now we're mostly just focused on the integration. Um, so the integration really alleviates the double data entry because lots of times if you're using a system for you know, scheduling and payment processing and whatever, and then also using QuickBooks for accounting, you're entering the same exact information in both spots constantly, um, which again comes back to the time saving aspect of your ABLE. So with the integration with QuickBooks, which you know, these are two very complicated systems. This is a very complicated um, integration on the back end. On the front end, it's very simple. Um, but basically, what happens is anything that you put into your ABLE, um, so any jobs that you're creating, any new customers that you're adding, any updates to your products and services, um, deleting any of those things, edit it, editing any of those things, anything you do in your ABLE immediately gets synced up that way over in QuickBooks. Um, so we're super proud of where this integration is at. Um, there's lots of other systems that have attempted an integration with QuickBooks. It's not an easy task. And typically what a lot of other systems opt for is a super simple integration with just really basic information. Um, we took the deep dive and made this a really complex integration because we wanted it, we wanted your QuickBooks to basically remain the same. Um, all the information that you would add into QuickBooks, you can add into your ABLE. Um, so a lot of the stuff we kind of have to mirror over in your ABLE to allow it to integrate seamlessly with QuickBooks. Um, so we're super proud of that. It'll you know alleviate a lot of extra time of entering extra data, but I wouldn't recommend unsubscribing from QuickBooks just yet. Chris, is that an automated sync or is that a button sync? How is no, that? Oh, it's an automated sync. Um, we do have buttons to manually push things like ahead of schedule if you want, um, but it is just an automated thing. Basically, as soon as you, when it comes to jobs in your ABLE, which would be invoices over in QuickBooks, um, there's the two terms. Whenever you schedule a job and you're able, it'll immediately bring that job into QuickBooks. Um, so all the services will be listed out, the customers listed out, all their contact information is listed out. If you made any adjustments to the pricing of those services in your able, which is pretty common, it'll adjust those prices over in QuickBooks and it does this in real time. Um, so it typically takes a couple seconds for it to show up over in QuickBooks. Um, and you know, if there's any errors that are logged with the integration for whatever reason, um, like a popular one is a duplicate name error. Um, these are things that QuickBooks has forced upon us. Um, but, you know, we always log um, the errors so you can see exactly what it is and how to fix it. Um, and of course, like I said, we always make ourselves available. So if anything is um, not sending through in the way that you think it should, um, then you can reach out to us. And <laughs> that's typically solved within a minute or two. Yeah, I mean, syncing over with QuickBooks, I would find to be a, a very massive time saver because, yeah. boy, oh. and it's also mm. if somebody's at a, a point where they've got a bookkeeper, right, mm -hmm. then how much is it going to save from that bookkeeper having to, you know, go do stuff? So exactly. uh, yeah. big advantage. Great question. Great question. What's your second? Uh, so I just got another question from that person. Okay. Uh, okay. So I already have my QuickBooks and what, what about the people that they don't have QuickBooks? Um, do they need to get to the QuickBooks and, and so their stuff? Just and, as like a, a background on us as a company, we don't use QuickBooks. We create our own P&L. So there's lots of businesses that are just running off of their own P&L and that's totally cool. Um, QuickBooks is a nice flashy system that will help you with that. And, you know, especially if you have an accountant, lots of accountants just, you know, require that you use QuickBooks because that's what they're used to using. Um, and that's totally cool, but you certainly don't have to use QuickBooks. Um, we actually just released, Dad, you made um, this really awesome, basically interactive P&L. Um, he gave an entire presentation on what everything means and how to use it. It's literally the P&L that we use, um, or at least the, the structure Similar. of it. Yeah. Um, and we posted that to, we have private groups on Facebook for all of our users. We posted that out to our private groups. We explained how to use it. And we basically said, hey, if you want to run your business off of this instead, um, which is for free, um, then here you go. And that's sort of eventually the direction that we're heading in with your ABLE. 
Um, we want to, like I said, sort of take a step away from QuickBooks eventually um, and bring in this PL directly into your ABLE and allow you to export it. Um, and your ABLE will fill in all of the fields that it can fill in within that PL. Maybe there will be a few for you to fill out, um, but it will massively simplify um, the accounting process and it would be free um, because it would just be included right in your ABLE. Yeah, so I've been, you know, all the brands and the companies that I've run, I've always built these kind of things. Um, it just helps me, you know, keep a handle on the business. I like to look at it a certain way. Um, so I went ahead and made one for the industry. And it's a PL tied to a budgeting tool. So because a lot of guys have not have not gone through a budget process and you kind of need data to tell you how to budget for the next year. Right. So, you know, now we capture all this amazing data and reports and analytics within your able. Um, you know, just it happens just while you do business. We capture all this stuff for you. This is your chance to really start to understand what is happening with my business, like for real. Like, what are my margins? I don't care how much revenue you brought in. That doesn't mean anything, for Christ's sake. You got to look at all the expenses that come off it. So we have a profit analysis that's done on every single job. Um, that gets completed and that takes into account all the labor and all the consumables that are used uh, right so within your able right within your able it just happens you're just doing business and now we give you this insight and that tells you geez is my pricing right you know am i really making a decent amount of money how long is it taking my guys to do these certain line items oh my god the pricing's way off based on how long it's taking these guys to do it and what i'm paying them we, we give you visibility to all this stuff mm -hmm. School. We we got about uh, five to ten more minutes. So uh, what you got? You say you got a couple more questions? Yeah, the, this one is pretty quick. Uh, so when I send you guys and I send invoices to my customers, is the customer gonna be able to see my uh, company, or they're gonna see you able? Or you? Yeah. yeah so this this comes back to what I was talking about earlier with making sure that anything that's hitting your customers is branded for you. Um, not for us. We do not <laughs> brand your able in any of this stuff. Um, so it's all your stuff. Basically, when you first get into your able, um, the first two things that you do is you pick your app color and you upload your logo. So you get to brand the app itself, which is kind of cool because you're using basically a branded app. Um, but then that also in turn goes out to everything that's hitting your customers. Um, so everything that they see, even down to um, who the email is from is your business name. Um, so we're, we're not calling out your able there. Um, that's, that's not the way it should be. Um, it should be for your business. Cool. And the last one is, um, I already have my uh, online booking and um, sometimes I don't know, they just, you know, they just want a customer just um, Google detail services mm -hmm. and they book the appointment with my, uh, through my website. Mm -hmm. How do you guys, do that integration with that. Yeah, so we actually have a system right in your able called the virtual shop. Um, and the virtual shop is a cool thing. You want to think about it literally as the virtual version of your shop. Um, and at your shop, you know, you can, you know, uh, book services or you can, you know, somebody can schedule a service with you or they can even purchase products from you if you, you know, sell products. And that's exactly how the virtual shop works just online. Um, so it's sort of a joint online booking and e-commerce platform if you want to sell products on there too. Um, but this was something that we were really hesitant to get into because um, what we were seeing from, you know, from the industry and from these other sort of non-specific platforms um, like, you know, Square or, you know, anything like that, when it came to booking, it really wasn't, it wasn't right um, for this industry. Um, so when we came into this, we decided to only do it if we could make this right size for this industry. Um, so that is what we built here. So our online booking tool is really specifically made for the detail industry um, with all the variability and flexibility that comes along with these kinds of services. You know, you guys aren't like a barber shop where it's like very standard, you know, this appointment takes this long. And, you know, while you're working on that person, you're not going to simultaneously work on anybody else. Um, so it's very straightforward when you're doing it that, you know, with that kind of business. With detailing, there's so much more variability with this. And honestly, there's a lot more education that comes along with this because a lot of these customers, kind of like you just said, they're just Googling something and they're like, yeah, this sounds good, but they don't actually know what's involved with that kind of thing. 
So we wanted to make sure that our process sort of helped cater to that kind of situation. Um, so our online booking process, and I, I hate to talk about it right now because we're about to make um, a massive change to this. Not, ma not, not massive, but we're introducing some new features in here. But the way that we have it currently um, is it's really more of an online requesting platform. Um, the online booking um, scared a lot of detailers off. They don't want to mess with that because they know that that's not going to work for them. So with online requesting, it basically allows your customers to go online. They can browse whatever services you want to have up there. You don't have to display all your services. They pick the service or services that they're interested in. They pick a time that would work for you. And I'll come back to the scheduling process in a second. And then they fill out their contact information that gets submitted to you as a request. Um, and there's a very easy like approval process. You basically just hit a button that says schedule job if everything looks good. If something looks a little bit weird, you now have all their contact information. That's basically a hot lead right there. You have a person who just said, hey, here's who I am. Here's the vehicle that I'm bringing in. And here are the services that I'm interested in. And now you can reach out to them. You can give them a phone call and say, hey, you know, I saw you're interested in this, but we should probably tweak it a little bit, you know, in this way. So you now have that opportunity to engage in that conversation with the customer if you want to. Um, back to the scheduling portion of this, this is really where um, the detail focus came into play. Um, so we have really specific time blocking in here um, to cater to sort of both ends of the spectrum. So with really small detail shops, you're doing you know, maybe one job at a time, just one right after the other. Um, then, you know, these mainstream online booking platforms, they'll be all right because they typically block a time slot as soon as somebody else takes it. Now flip to the other end of the spectrum, you have a huge shop and they're using a system like that. They may have, you know, eight bays in their shop and enough employees to handle all of those jobs at the same time. But now they're having, they have a system that blocks their calendar as soon as there's one job there. That doesn't make sense. They're not operating to capacity with that kind of system. So we allow for what we call job thresholds. So let's take a shop like that, eight bays and maybe you know enough employees to handle all of that. They can handle eight jobs simultaneously. So we allow them to set their job threshold at eight so that their calendar will remain open. Um, their like online booking calendar, the customer facing calendar will stay open until they're actually at capacity, until there are actually eight overlapping jobs at any given time, it's going to keep that open. So then they're not running into massive underbooking, which was a major problem. Um, and it still works for everybody else because that's a flexible number based on how you operate and how many jobs you can do at a time. Um, so that is my spiel on the virtual shop. Did that answer your question? Uh, yes, kind of. Uh, <laughs> then you put, you put it on your site as like a book your button or something like that. Yeah, like oh. how, how do you integrate my system? Okay. <laughs> okay, I just gave like such a long explanation and I didn't even answer your question. Okay, so the actual answer to your question now. Um, must yes. be a good sour beer. You talked earlier, you're going to be out of here. I'm very good beer. sweating right now. Um, <laughs> I'm not used to drinking beer. Um, okay, so yes, you can integrate this onto your website. Um, in a number of different ways. So what most places do, and honestly, what I would recommend um, is just hyperlinking it into some sort of button. Lots of websites come standard with some sort of like book now or shop button um, or select an appointment, whatever the button is going to say. And you can hyperlink the virtual shop link in there. We provide you with your virtual shop link right in your able. So you can just copy it out of there and hyperlink it into that button. Another option um, that some of our shops are doing that want to sort of give the illusion that it's embedded directly in a page on their website is you can create what's called an iframe. And an iframe allows you to basically put the virtual shop interface directly on a page on your website. Um, we also provide the iframe code for you to use if that's the direction that you want to head in. Um, when it comes to your social media platforms, you probably know that um, Facebook business pages already come preloaded with that book now button and you can hyperlink your own link in there. So our users will hyperlink their virtual shop link in there. So when customers go onto their Facebook and they click the book now button, it'll take them into their virtual shop. And then anything the customer fills out in there gets sent into their Eurable account. They now have a hot lead and potentially an appointment they're about, that they're about to book. Did that answer your question now? <laughs> yeah, it's much okay. better. <laughs> well, you get her liquored up and you just can't shut her up, you know? <laughs> oh my God, I feel flushed. <laughs> That's awesome. 
Hey, Dustin, Greg, uh, we wanted to give you guys an opportunity if, if y'all were around and wanted to uh, ask a question. Uh, what's up, guys? I, I don't really have any questions. Um, however, I do use uh, Arable, and uh, I just have the basic version, but I have to say it is awesome, and I really do enjoy using it. Um, it definitely uh, gives off a professional vibe to my customers, I believe. Awesome. Well, you, hey, make sure you're out there in the group. We just posted about the big update that's coming. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds great. I, I yeah, watch the video. Chris and, I, Chris and I went live. We go live every Monday night in our program. Um, so I went ahead and I copied that and I put it over into the basic and express group so you guys could kind of get a get a glimpse because we don't want people coming into work tomorrow and firing that up and going, what the hell happened? <laughs> awesome. I have, I definitely. Oh, have it's to so cool. That. You're going to love it, man. Get on there and watch the video. It's freaking awesome. We took it to the next level. It's, it's absolutely mind boggling. If you couldn't tell, we're very excited about this update. <laughs> well, it was a ridiculous challenge from the, from the pro community, right? They said, look, man, we just want everything you know, in the app or available on the same screen. And we don't want it all cluttered. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> so we kind of hunkered down over the last few months, actually strategizing about, you know, what is a reasonable way to try and get at that request? Um, and we freaking nailed it. It's so good. It is mind boggling uh, what we came up with. So yeah, we're pretty pumped. Cool, that's cool. I, I bet you everybody's looking forward to it. Uh, Greg, Drew, any last questions before we hop off? Yeah, Chris, I wanted to kind of loop back on the question. Uh, what you mentioned earlier about the job threshold um, is that is that something that is customizable? Um, like for mm -hmm. example, for a one man shop, um, what I do like about the online square booking is when someone does request a job. It, it blocks out my schedule, that time frame, mm -hmm. um, depending on how long that detail is gonna take. Um, so when other people go to, to book online, that time is not available. So is that, that is something that I could do with the online booking through your- Yeah, Able. you would just set your job threshold at one and then it would operate in the same way. Um, we also allow you to enter in estimated duration of each of your services. Um, so then, you know, based on whatever they select, even if it's multiple services, um, it'll add all that time up. So they'll need to find a genuine open slot in your schedule. Um, and you won't find yourself, you know, running into any overlapping jobs or anything like that. Um, if you have set, uh, if you have things set up properly. Okay, perfect. I appreciate it. Yep. And then there'll be stuff that, you know, Square just doesn't have stuff like the Carfax integration, you know, a system, a general system like Square isn't going to go to that length. Mm -hmm. They're just not going to do it. Um, yeah. And the on my way messages, that kind of stuff. I don't think that uh, Square does that either for the mobile guys. So we've got an on my way message that goes out and gives an actual ETA. We tie into uh, real time traffic on Google. Um, so you could be 23 minutes away and you know, you click that button and you send it to your customer and says, uh, I'll be there in 23 minutes to work on your Corvette. <laughs> you know, very specific things, right? That's we really wanted to keep the personal touch. Mm -hmm. That is unique. That sounds like a great, uh, a great thing. Um, thank you guys again for, for taking your time to come on to, uh, to the community pub. And, uh, community. community. <laughs> um, Chris, Michael, uh, remind everybody where they can find you on social. Yeah. So you can find us on Facebook. You can just search your able and we'll come right up um, on Instagram. We are at your able app um, app is app. Um, so you can find us there. Um, and honestly, especially my dad is tuned into like every single page. You'll probably see his name everywhere. Um, so you can always reach out to him directly. Um, and, and we also have our live chat on our, on our um, website. Um, so you can always reach out to us there and you'll be directly connected to one of us. That's how we have it. Um, the live chat is basically texting us because <laughs> it's all hooked up to our phones. <laughs> um, so anytime you want to get a quick answer, you can always reach us there. I feel I'm a big advertiser, so I'm not, you know, a, a loud mouth out there in the groups. So I'm not. I'll respond when people ask stuff, but we aren't. That just isn't us, man. That's just not us. Yeah. 
uh, we're a Shopify based company. And so I have that Shopify chat and about 10, I think just about 1030 on Sunday night, I was getting, you know, and it's okay, let's roll. Well, you know, let's let's have some talks, you know, like, all right. Yeah. We're an international company. So we're dealing with people from Australia. So <laughs> I have taken meetings at 2 a.m. Yep. It happens. Yeah. it happens. Yeah, UK to Australia. We got all the time zones covered. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Nick, we hope next week is uh cooking with Nick again. Um, you know, if not I hope so too. Yeah. I hope so too. I may have to forcibly commandeer the kitchen soon. Agreed. I need my kitchen back. Agreed. <laughs> Dustin man, it's good to see you. Thanks for hopping on. I appreciate it. Great question. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we do this every uh, every Wednesday at 7.30. So, uh, Drew, Greg, thank you. Go, everybody. Appreciate you all hopping on. Uh, great to see you again. Sure. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. All right. Have a great night. All right. You guys. the next one. All right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Episode is over. If you got any value from it, leave us a review, share the episode, and find us on TikTok. It would mean the world to me.